Starting a new business is an exciting journey, but it also comes with its fair share of risks. Business insurance safeguards your hard work by protecting your assets. Without it, a substantial liability claim could put your personal finances at risk. Liability insurance also gives you a competitive edge in the market. Visit Zensurance forward slash save 35 to get a free quote for the low cost insurance protection you need so you can focus on your growing business. Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Tonaguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Joining me today is Deanna Saunders, who is the owner of Aurora Transcription. Thanks very much for joining us today, uh, Deanna. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Let's talk, first of all, about uh, the company, Aurora, and uh, just tell me a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. So I'm Deanna, like you said, I am the founder and CEO of Aurora Transcription. We are based out of Calgary, Alberta, but we provide transcript services to core reporters and core reporting agencies across all of North America. Okay. Now, can you describe a little bit of what that means, the transcription services, and what kind of, uh, I guess, clients or businesses you have a need of your what you do? Absolutely. Whenever I say what I do, people get a good big question mark over their head. So I'm happy to answer those questions. So we work for the people that are in testimony in courtrooms or lawyers offices across the nation, giving testimony, and they're the ones that record it. They're often known as court reporters. So I'm on the back office staff of that, and I help specifically just with the legal transcript side. So typically, me and my team will receive audio from courtrooms or lawyers offices across the nation. We take that down into a certain format and make sure it gets to the clients accurately and on time. Mm. And... Um, uh... Give me a little history of how this all began, when it started, why? For sure. So I actually started in this career in late 2017. I had an administrative job that I didn't really like a lot. I have very entrepreneurial spirit. Both of my parents are first-generation immigrants from Italy. They're both entrepreneurs. So I always knew that's something I wanted to do, but I'm not much of a salesman, I guess you could say. So I started looking into just some something I could do on the side and I found some legal transcription work. I immediately realized there is a huge demand for this. And the reason there's such a demand is because it's a very skilled task that not a lot of people can master. And also there is a great divide in the amount of people that can perform this service versus the people that need it based on the amount of litigation that happens in North America. So I started my company in late 2018 and I've been doing it ever since. And I just started posting last year on social media and have garnered a lot of attention from that. So I'm well on my way to, you know, being rounded about on producing the transcript side and then also have a branding side as well. All right. I want to talk a little bit about that, uh, the, the use of videos. But, but before we get into that, uh, Deanna, I wanted to ask. So, you know, when you're uh, when you or your people are transcribing things, I, I'm just wondering if it's all kind of like a, all a blur or or do you get caught up in some of the, obviously some of these uh uh, uh, courtroom testimonies can be fascinating and uh, uh, exciting stories, right? Uh, so, so how yes. do, you, do you kind of try to uh, blur, blur, blur it out, I guess? Well, a large aspect of it is you can blur out details, but the experiences and the emotions that you feel while listening to people on the stand very 
they stay with you a lot. And that's one reason that I love my job is because you take something like a courtroom that's very animated and exciting and dramatic, and you put it on a piece of paper in black and white following very calculated rules. So that's the part that I love about it is it takes the kind of like beauty of the courtroom and makes it in a really readable, simple format that a lot of people can do. I've worked on everything from business disputes to insurance claims to medical malpractice to death penalty cases, literally anything you can think of. So there's definitely some that stick out in my mind um, where I've kind of, you know, favored one side or the other in my mind, not the transcript, of course, and constantly, even the trial I'm working on now, I'm constantly bouncing between the defendant and plaintiff, unsure of who I believe, right? So I, I kind of feel like a juror in some uh, senses of the word, because I hear all the evidence and I make my own conclusions, whether anybody hears or cares about those at all. <laughs> that's good. That's cool. And so tell me a, a little bit yeah, uh, about uh, you know, the branding part of what you do. And uh, I understand you've uh, started using uh, short, uh, short length videos. Uh, maybe we'll talk a, a little bit about that. What, what do you do in that regard? For sure. So I never really found much of a branding aspect to my company because this is a very inundated career. You don't have to do a lot of market acquisition to get very busy. So I had my website and all of that because I wanted my clients to be able to go there and see that I was a reputable company and all that. And then about a year ago, anytime I mention what I do to somebody, either I get two responses. One is, I don't care. That sounds super boring. And the other one is, wow, that's super interesting. I could do that. Or I have somebody that I know that could do that. So very quickly, I realized there's a huge demand for doing this kind of work that's very remote. It's very flexible, but also it's a very highly paid skill once you get good at it and pass through the learning curve. So I partnered with somebody that actually taught me and really took me under her wing. She has a great course. Um, I don't think I should be teaching legal transcription. I've only been at this six years. I really think it's important to learn from very skilled individuals, such as a court reporter like she is. So I realized, you know, I should start talking about this. And necessarily, if people don't come my way, at least they know about this industry. And very quickly, I just had a lot of following and a lot of attention because I'm kind of one of the only people on TikTok or Instagram Reels talking about this. And I can talk forever about how valuable short form content is, video content is. Um, but it's been really amazing and eye-opening to see how much demand there is for people who kind of want to take control of their own futures and learn a new skill and provide for their families in that way. So um, tell me a little bit about the kind of topics, like uh, what would you do in those in these videos? For and sure. So I talk about, about I talk about funny things that legal transcriptionists go through. Like, for example, if we have, you know, attorneys that are arguing and talking over each other, um, or I sometimes talk about challenges or pitfalls of the industries, things that I experienced when I started. I also like to provide a kind of over the mountain view of what it can be like after you've been at this for a couple of years. Because when you start, this is something you have to be very dedicated towards. It's a very simple thing to do, but it takes a lot of practice to get very good at it. I compare it a lot to learning a new instrument or learning a new language. When you start off, it's very labor intensive. You have to think a lot, make a lot of decisions. And once you get going at it, I can play anything that comes my way now, yeah. right? So I like to show people what it can be like once you get situated in this field and what it can turn into um, based on the work that you want to put into it. So what did, uh, you know, roughly, you know, how many people uh, are followers on, you, on, your, on your platforms? 
So I have videos that have amassed over um, a million views, but the amount of people that would be interested in pursuing this career, it's very niche is what they call it. Um, Not a lot of people are searching legal transcription. People don't even know they're looking for me when they find me. Right. So I, right now I have about 40,000 followers on TikTok. Um, It's a little bit less on Instagram, but it's such a great group of people. And I go live every day and I have thousands tune in and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Every, every day. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I, yeah. uh, <laughs> obviously, you don't have a shortage of topics to talk about. <laughs> no, seriously. I feel like I could talk about it forever and ever. And I do. I have a whole TikTok page for it. So let's, let, me, let me just ask you, like, uh, you know, obviously, by diving into this uh, area of uh, video and social media, What's your advice to other entrepreneurs about this and, and, and the why, more, more importantly, the why they should be doing something like this? Number one, why short form video content is the most consumable form of marketing. We have people that are spending 10 to 15 hours a week watching short form video content. And it's also no surprise to anybody that our attention span is getting very short, right? <laughs> So I don't think a lot of people even have the attention span to sit there and watch a whole 30 second commercial. So that means that more companies, really big companies that have these huge budgets for marketing are going to short form content. So there's these whole industries that are opening up in there. So I really think that if you are new to something or you want to make a big impact, short form is where you need to go because there's not a lot of people doing it yet. We see a lot of it, but there's still not a lot of people that are doing it. And I think that's what made me really different is there's lots of legal transcription companies out there, but I am the only one doing short form content. And I could go into why I think that is, you know what I mean? But um, that kind of set me apart. There's nothing, you know, special about me or different about me, but because I'm the only one, it puts, it gives me a leg up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, why did you choose those two platforms I, yeah. I, I, and not not Facebook or not Twitter or not uh, uh, LinkedIn. For sure. I post on all of them. So I make content in TikTok and then I post in other ones. And the biggest reason for this is the algorithm. And I'm not an expert on this by any means, but I've seen the power of TikTok. I woke up one day, I had 1,700 followers the day before. I woke up on a Monday, I had amassed over 30,000 followers and like 4 million views on one of my videos. That cascaded down to the rest of my videos because of the way that TikTok is created. If somebody likes my video, it'll show them another one of my videos. If somebody visits my page, it's going to ask them to follow me. It's going to invite them to, you know, visit the links in my bio and learn more about what I do. So it's more about on the when you're viewing it experience that I think it makes it a lot of different in TikTok. And that's why like millions of people are flooding over to that app and leaving other apps like Facebook and Instagram. We still use them and I'm still on there for sure. I really think there's big potential in YouTube shorts as well. Um, but obviously as a business owner, I wear many hats. I also have a company to run. So I kind of have to choose what I'm doing, stick to that and be consistent. So let's talk a, a, a little bit about, how to get started? Like, obviously, you know, uh, when you started uh, doing this, it must have been a little overwhelming uh, to look at all this and go, oh, wow, you know, what do I do, right? You know, how would you guide or tell, what would you tell people who are saying, yeah, you know what, she's right. I, I've got to get on to TikTok and Instagram and do videos. Like, how, you know, what would you tell them how to get started? 
For sure. Um, well, number one, be prepared that your first videos are going to suck. Probably your first 10 videos, 20 videos are going to suck. And that's because like anything, we have to learn how it works. You have to learn, um, you know, the kind of film style you like, what works. You have to look at analytics. You might like a video, but then nobody else does. Right. Yeah. So you have to really follow that stuff and be constantly um, be willing to adapt. But if you're just starting, if you've never been on TikTok, spend some time, you know, scrolling through what catches your attention. What are you scrolling past? Um, what kind of style do you like? For the first little bit, I just watched people that I liked their content and then tried to replicate it in my own way based on my own niche. And then once you start getting more advanced, you realize that it doesn't matter what everybody's doing. I've kind of found my own path. But that doesn't happen overnight. Like anything, it takes a little work. Yeah. So if you're scared or unfamiliar, just log into the apps, try creating some stuff. You know, if it fails, you can always take it down. It's not a big deal. Running a new business can be stressful. The last thing you need is to worry about unexpected accidents or lawsuits. Don't overlook the importance of liability insurance. It's a critical investment in the success of your business. Protect yourself, your assets, and your reputation by securing the liability coverage you need. Take the first step in safeguarding your business. Today, go to zensurance.com forward slash save35 for a free business insurance quote. Get the low cost insurance protection you need from Canada's small business insurance experts. I was going to say, like, if you got a boring personality or whatever, it's not going to work. <laughs> Obviously, you, Deanna, you're very outgoing and very passionate oh, about things. So it probably shows through in the videos, right? Does that, that help? I think that does help. You know, we can also utilize. I believe that if you don't know how to do something, hire somebody that does it, that knows how to do it. Right. Yeah. So there's lots of people, uh, really talented uh, people, usually called user generated content specialists, and they'll film videos for you. If you tell them what to talk about, you can give them a script. It's not usually that expensive. And those videos can create huge profit for your business. Mm, excellent. Let's talk a little bit about your background. I'm uh, curious. You said your parents were entrepreneurs. What did they do? So my dad is a mechanic. He's owned a shop locally in Calgary for well over 40 years. It was his father's company before that. Wow. And then my mother has been entrepreneurial in so many ways throughout my life. Um, number one, she started a jewelry company. That was my first experience into entrepreneurship. I helped her with invoicing. I did the credit card statements. I you know, packaged and merchandised everything. And then my family did go on into financial services. It's a very prosperous industry um, that you don't need a lot of experience to get into it if you're willing to learn and kind of be underneath somebody. Mm. So I always thought that was going to be my, um, like, fruition into entrepreneurship was through financial services. And then I found this and it spoke to my heart in so much in so many ways I can't explain. So I take a lot of the elements that I've learned from my parents' business and apply it into this. But there's a lot of aspects with this being a digital business that my family or my parents can't help me with. Yeah. Um, that I have to kind of forage on my own and figure out my own way. So what did you uh, learn from your parents uh, in, in, that that helped you in, in building your business and, and doing what you do today? I think I learned from my parents that the typical nine to five or working from somebody else is not going to get you anywhere or it's not going to get you to the places you want to be. I've always been a very big dreamer. Um, and so I knew that, you know, clocking into somewhere wasn't what I wanted to do, but I also am the kind of person that I need to be very passionate about what I'm doing. I can't just talk about anything. It needs to be something that I'm really entrenched in. Um, so I learned from my parents that you need to find something you're passionate about, and then you need to do as much as you can to 
help other people in that as well. Because when you, when you help others, then you help yourself. And, uh, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, your journey as an entrepreneur, like what were some of the toughest challenges you faced? For sure. Um, of course, I was a 24 year old when I started my business. Cash flow was not something that I had. Um, so, starting a business with absolutely no upfront money, that was hard. And I would, wouldn't trade it for anything. I know how to balance a budget like nobody else. Um, but it definitely is something that I think would cause a lot of businesses to fail and does cause a lot of businesses to fail in the first five years. Um, another thing is, I, in this industry, accuracy is king. You can be you know, the nicest, most, like most marketable person, but if black and white, you cannot do this skill well, you won't, um, you won't, it won't come to fruition for you. So every day I have to get up and really put my best foot forward, even if I didn't feel confident in it. And so learning to just push through that, um, what I call imposter syndrome, that little chip on your shoulder that's telling you that, oh, you're not the one for this. This is meant for somebody else. No, it is meant for you. Right. It's just, you have to get through those feelings of self-doubt. So those were kind of the toughest things I had to push through. And both of those are mostly, mostly due to myself, right? Like my own shortcomings. Yeah. You obviously enjoy being an entrepreneur. Absolutely. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. What are they, uh, the, the things you don't enjoy about being it? Um, I would have to say I don't enjoy sometimes, you know, I'm laying in bed on a Friday night, hanging out and my phone's going off because something's going wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not always fun. Um, especially yeah. when you're responsible for other people, you know, people can drop the ball, things don't go the way they're supposed to. Um, this is very deadline driven work. I have lawyers and court reporters that are waiting for my work. Um, when I say I've never missed a deadline, I've never missed a deadline. So if that means, you know, I need to stay up till three in the morning and work, that's what I have to do because it's my business. So, um, of course, like we, we get flexibility from this. I mean, I'm talking to you now, I'm not working. Um, but there's some things that, you know, you have to put other life events aside that I know a lot of people my age, you know, wouldn't do and I'm willing to do. You know, one of the things I learned uh, over the years is I, I remember a conversation I had with a friend of mine who's a an artist, as a you know, he, uh, paints and uh, and uh, he was always telling me how uh, there's two sides of what he does. Number one is his job, like uh, he's an artist, so that's that's the one side. But the other side is running the business, right? the the actual business side of it, the marketing, it's etc. How how do you, um, you know, and obviously you do both, how do you balance that? For sure. Um, it's all about creating habits and habits that work with you. A lot of times when people start on TikTok, they'll hear, oh, you need to post three to five videos a day. If that doesn't work with you, if you can't stick that into your schedule, yeah. it's not going to be habitual. Right. So I found, you know, during the times at eight to nine in the morning, I had some free time and it's kind of fun to create TikToks. So I would just, you know, do that or work on marketing material. Or sometimes I'm sitting waiting for, you know, a jury verdict to come in. I've been waiting for one for the last two days. So then I'll pull up, you know, Canva and just create something, an infographic about what I do. Yeah. Um, so it's all about, you know, finding time in your day where you can add these things or joining them to another habit you already have. If you get up and answer emails first thing in the morning, get up and, you know, write some content that you want to do for the day, like add it to something else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially as a business owner, like you never have time for anything. There's always a million to do lists. So I find it really helps to just compartmentalize it. Like, okay, this is the time I'm dedicating to this. This is the time I'm dedicating to my work and stick within those parameters. 
Okay, you hit on a, a, an important topic there, you know, about there's never time to do everything. Um, do you find you have time to do other stuff beyond work? Um, and if you do, <laughs> what, what do you spend time at uh, besides work? For sure. Well, I'm in my sixth year of business ownership now. So if you had asked me, you know, maybe year two, year three, I would have said, no, this is all I do. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I've really, especially since 2020, just the pandemic in the world stopping, I think it caused a lot of people to kind of zoom out on their lives. And so I realized I was working for too, far too much. And I learned about something called passion fatigue, which is when you are burning yourself out with something you love. So I love this, but I was still doing it too much. So yeah. I really started to prioritize time with my family. I got a German shepherd. He keeps me out <laughs> in nature. Um, it's really important to not get sucked into your business world because once you get to the point where you're celebrating it or benefiting from it, who are you going to share it with? Right. Yeah. So I really try to spend time um, with my family and I'm newlywed. My husband, we have a trailer, we camp and that kind of stuff and just um, enjoy Calgary and, be present in my business, but also find time to shut it off. Yeah, you bet. Um, one last thing uh, just uh, came into my mind. Where does the name of the company come from, Aurora? <laughs> I love when people ask me that question because I always want to have some you know, definitive answer, but it's literally my two cats' names placed together. That's all it is. <laughs> what are the cats' names? My one cat is Arrow, like the chocolate bar, and then my other cat is Aurora, like Aurora Borealis. Uh, We're in Alberta, so everybody, you know, talks about the mountains and Aurora Borealis. So I kept that theme and um, I never thought it would turn into what it turned into now, but it's the name I have and I'll stick with it. All right. Super. Well, thanks, Deanna, for joining us today. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. I really appreciate it. All right. That was Deanna Saunders, who is owner of uh, Aurora Transcription. I'm Mario Taniguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Thanks for joining us today.